Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall or TV time remaining. Introducing now from the sovereign nation of Poe Landon, follow on Twitter at Landon's Landon Tone. Yay, and the crowd goes mild, and my tag team partner, my co-host, if you will, by God, he is my best friend, it's Will Rab. Rab, how we doing this morning or evening or afternoon? Well, as we record this, this is actually a Monday, and I don't know who hit the three for Utah, but they just hit a three in the bubble. Yeah, I, I too am watching uh, round one of some Western Conference uh, playoffs. Uh, as of this recording, it is five seconds left in the first half. Denver up 31-22 over Utah. We don't, yeah, dude, this is, you know, we don't need to be giving score. <laughs> Let's go ahead updates. and date the hell out of this. <laughs> We don't have the uh, the broadcast uh, rights or replays from the NBA, so please don't sue us. <laughs> yeah, we're not on their radar. Uh, we don't have to worry. Um, Dude, we're not on anybody's radar. That. I've seen the download numbers for this thing. <laughs> and sometimes it's good to be under the radar because then you know you don't have to worry about being a corporate shill. But uh, it, it's been a minute since uh, we've talked about the sweet science of professional wrestling, and uh, Daz, there's a lot. Uh, even though we're still uh, in a pandemic, there's a lot going on uh, in the squared circle and out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioning it happening outside of the squared circle. At the top of the show, I really, really quickly want to touch on uh, some out-of-the-ring stuff. Unfortunately, the world of professional wrestling has lost another uh, giant, no pun intended, in this instant when the uh, Ugandan giant Kamala, otherwise known as uh, James Harris, uh, his real-life name, passed away over the weekend at the age of 70. Uh, Rab, I grew up a Hulkamaniac watching the WWF, so I very vividly remember Kamala. Kamala fighting Hulk Hogan. I remember Kamala taking on The Undertaker later on. So uh, losing somebody from my childhood sucks, especially a colorful character in Kamala. He had some uh, health issues later in the life, which uh, kind of did lead to his cause of death, unfortunately. But at the top of the show, I want to say thoughts and prayers to the family of Kamala. Rab, do you have any memories of the Uganda giant Kamala? I do not. I was more of an attitude... Uh, era guy and, and so by the time I really got into wrestling I, I don't think Kamala was was in the spotlight but obviously one of those figures like you said uh very important in the 80s uh going up against Hulk Hogan in the the heyday of the Hulkamaniacs and obviously uh, one of those performers uh that that paved the way uh for the success uh, of the WWF then at the time on the the, the national scene when, when Vince uh, had this different idea, which you know I, I think was uh, groundbreaking at the time to, to have more uh, character-based wrestling than, say, persona-based wrestling like you saw in the, the NWA, what involved into to WCW. And so obviously Kamala was, was very important in that. You had this larger-than-life... Uh, character in Hulk Hogan facing these real life giants like Kamala, like uh, Andre, and that really catapulted uh, wrestling into this this new stratosphere. So obviously, very influential on the business, even if it, it wasn't uh, someone that I can say I saw wrestle more than a handful of times. 
Yeah, I guess he came a little bit before your time, like you mentioned. He did have some sporadic returns to the WWE. Uh, He showed up in the gimmick Battle Royal at WrestleMania 17. That might be where you could possibly be more familiar with him. He was also part of the Dungeon of Doom in WCW because, you know, when Hulk Hogan went to WCW, WCW decided they needed a bunch of colorful characters for Hulk Hogan to fight, and uh, Kamala was one of those colorful characters. Like I said, thoughts and prayers to the family of Kamala. I know he and his son were tight and they did some stuff online some youtube videos so check them out uh maybe and uh, point your drink up to the sky uh for kamala also staying outside the ring um oh boy late last night well i say late it was late for me because i have to go to bed at like seven o'clock but as i'm laying down to go to bed uh we got a weird weird story breaking uh when a man was arrested for an attempted kidnapping of WWE superstar Sonya Deville. Uh, this is according to the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. Uh, per the Tampa Bay Times, a man in South Carolina was arrested for attempted kidnapping. Uh, he apparently cut a hole through a screen door, sat on the porch for three to four hours, listening through a window for uh, Sonya to go to bed and when she went to bed, when the lights were out, apparently he is alleged to have opened a sliding glass door, set off an alarm. Thankfully, Sonia was able to uh, escape from the premises. No harm, no foul. She did put on social media. Thank you, everyone, for your love and concern. A very frightening experience, but thankfully, everyone is safe. A special thank you to the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office for their response and assistance. Um, Rab, yikes. What the hell? Yeah, dude, like, I don't... Uh, yeah. I, I, unfortunately, some people are uh, mentally unwell, and they do uh, crazy shit when they become, you know, uh, they become fixated on, on on people. And look, we first and foremost, uh, I'm glad this story doesn't have some sort of uh, tragic ending. Mm-hmm. Um, Although that weirdo probably uh, belongs uh, in, in the steel cage with the sheik, uh, break <laughs> his back and make him humble. Um, but you know that's just one of those unfortunate parts of, of society. Is is there some uh, creepy, weird people, and, and you're not always uh, their mental faculties all aren't always a hundred percent. There's a couple of bolts loose and, and screws missing, and and they get uh, fixated. Uh, on these celebrities, and uh, it, it goes to a bad place. But uh, luckily, uh, it, it didn't. Uh, it, that didn't end up in a in a tragic situation. Though I, I do have to say, and I, I'm not trying to make a, a joke or, or light of anything. I'm not sure a professional wrestler of either gender is the person I'm picking. To, to try to kidnap because uh, again wrestling's not fake it's scripted they they know how to beat people up mm-hmm. so probably you know not gonna turn out well for you no. just ask some of those fans from the 70s and 80s territory days how it how it turned out when they tried to uh start a a fight with the the old school brothers. Uh, try to get out of the ring. Uh, ask anybody if they want to fight Wahoo. Mm-hmm. 
And especially a WWE superstar like Sonya Deville, who is a real-life legitimate badass, who has a real-life legitimate mixed martial arts background. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how smart it is. Well, clearly it's not smart, and we're not making light of this situation. Like Rab said, very glad that this did not have a tragic, sad ending. Uh, according to the Times report, uh, this man, who I'm not even going to give him his name, his due, I like he is a loser weirdo. He had been planning this for eight months, and I do realize that uh, wrestling can create a lot of very strong fans with strong opinions. I mean, fan is short for fanatic, rather. Um, but this is an instance where you need to be respectful of these performers when they're away from the ring. Because I've seen this personally, firsthand, in airports. People just bombarding WWE superstars for autographs, for pictures, when they're A, trying to get their bags, or B, trying to get their flights it's like i personally was on a flight with both shinsuke nakamura drake maverick and his wife and this was when drake maverick was the 24 7 champion so in kayfabe i would have been okay to go and pin him no no that's that's a bad joke i apologize but this is one of these instances where you need to be respectful of the performer and of the character this is why so many professional wrestlers like hey uh is it cool if i send you some fan mail for you to sign at your personal address no, dude, that is that is not okay. That if if they want you to do that, they they have a PO box specifically for that. When they're out living their per personal private lives, leave them to leave and live their personal private lives. Don't be a goober. Come on. Yeah, but like I think this is not a situation where somebody's like a goober. Like this is a situation where somebody's mentally not well. Mm -hmm. to, I mean, look, none of us are mentally well because we're still dealing with this damn <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> Touche. But um, the eight months, um, granted, there's not been a lot to do recently. And certainly, I guess, you know, we can applaud this guy. <laughs> I shouldn't be making jokes. I'm sorry uh, for social distancing, because this is the type of thing you do alone in a basement. But this is this is not OK. No. Not not even in the little bit like 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 Rab and I are making, you know, some light of the situation. But this is a very serious situation. Glad she's OK, although she's got an MMA background. She could just snap that guy's arm off and beat the crap out of him with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, her her whole catchphrase of put your hair up and square up. Not just a gimmick. New. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of gimmicks and uh, WWE is trying to do something different, and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on this instance because uh, on our last podcast, we talked about how WWE just kind of seemed to be hesitant to make new stars, to try new things, despite those reports being out there that they want to. Um, Raw Underground, it was the return of uh, the best in the world, Shane McMahon, uh, and he has taken over the third hour of Raw and every Monday night, they have kind of like an underground fight club type thing where uh, wrestlers will square off against each other in a ring that has no ropes. And there are no rules, Rab. There, there aren't any rules in Raw Underground. And Shane O'Mac is there to enforce the non-rules. But I thought the first rule of, oh, wait, I, I shouldn't say that because <laughs> they're, exactly. trying to do, they're trying to do kayfabe Raw Fight Club. They're trying to do kayfabe uh, brawl for all. 
which yes. which the uh, the the concept of brawl for all, which if you weren't around back when uh, the brilliant idea of brawl for all came out, it was legit shoot fights. Like professional wrestlers would square off in in almost like a boxing early mixed martial arts hybrid type situation, and they explained it that these fights are legit. These are real fights. Which then what the hell were the other matches where like Stone Cold and The Undertaker and Triple H squared off. So again, I think they're running into a very similar problem they had back when the Brawl for All was first around. What is Raw underground? Why is it different from what we see in Raw above ground or, or Monday Night Raw or whatever you want to well, call it? I, at I, at I, least, look, I'll, I'll say this. At least like the Raw underground thing, again, they're not coming up like, oh, this is a shoot fight. So what you're saying is, again, the, the main event we're going to watch later uh, it, when 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 Mick Foley is going to put butts in seats to get in the WWE WWF Championship uh, is kayfabe. At least with this, you're you're not having to blow up the whole concept of what pro wrestling is and tear down the fourth wall. I just look at this, even if it met, I, look. Let's see how it plays out. I don't want to completely poo on it mm-hmm. just because it's a WWE. Uh. Basically, what you're saying is the third hour of Raw is is a is a lights out match, right? Because mm-hmm. in this case, it's not Tony Khan. Vince won't sanction it. It's going to be a hell of a match, but we can't sanction <laughs> but, that. But they can't sanction it. Of course not. No. And 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 you are right. Like I don't want to want to crap on this because it is WWE, and I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I I applaud the WWE for trying something new because in this whole you already made mention to it. This whole COVID situation we're in the world of professional wrestling to a certain extent as a whole has had to go into a holding pattern. A lot of booked stuff has been pushed back and put in perpetuitous pause or just straight up canceled. So I do applaud the WWE for trying something different. I applaud them for highlighting some superstars that weren't getting uh, that spotlight in their regularly quote unquote scheduled programming in the three hour off format. Like I, I do applaud them and I don't want to outright dismiss it just yet, but it does make me kind of look at it a little bit sideways. I, I think it's a, I, I think it's a good concept. But I, I still, I, I'm like, you. I don't know that I trust the WWE to see it across the finish line at its best potential. Like, the idea that there's some, like, under, you know, this underground fight club where, <laughs> like, backstage or whatever, the guys who have heat with each other can, like, settle their shit. Like, that's awesome. Like, that harkens back to, like, you know the heyday of ECW where if t- I'm just using two guys, let's say Taz and Tommy Dreamer didn't like each other. By God, they could have beat each other up on the bingo table uh, in that pool hall where they filmed that. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I, I like the edginess. You have three hours of Raw. You're in a pandemic. If this goes to, to crap, you can always just, you know, punt it at some point. But uh, I... I Man, I just, you just know at some point the WWE is going to figure out how to mess this up. Or they're just going to out of nowhere pull the plug on it like Vince did uh, with the WCW brand on Monday Night Raw like two weeks into it. Uh, Because, yeah, let's bring Southern Wrestling to Tacoma, Washington. 
Well, and it also was some of these stars that were featured. We can we can get into to, uh, on another podcast why the invasion didn't work. But the reason the invasion didn't work is because all the big WCW stars were riding out there guaranteed Turner contracts. And WWE, A, didn't have the cash to buy them out. Or B, they didn't want to buy them out. Now, if the invasion had kicked off with uh, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan showing up as the NWO, I have a feeling history would look back on the mm. invasion slightly, mm. slightly different. I, I I do though like this idea again because I I can't be a hypocrite. Uh, the main event at Full Gear for AEW was a a lights out match where you could do anything you want, and this is basically that concept, just you know a, a programming block built around that. You can do whatever you want in these matches; they're not rules. Uh, I will say, and maybe this is nitpicky, and maybe it's better. It's a little bit later. I mean, I don't even think Raw should be three hours, but if it's going to be no. three hours. But that go-home segment, is that the spot? Not saying that these guys don't deserve be, deserve to be pushed because they're figuring out how to use more guys, and that's good. But do you really want your last hour of Raw to be Raw Underground? Like, Because basically saying... All of that's more important than whatever other stuff uh, you're building. Because these are, well, correct me if I'm wrong, they're kind of trying to build up mid-card guys who aren't getting a lot of run elsewhere. Some mid-card guys are mostly getting uh, getting the spotlight in Raw Underground. I know the Hurt Business, which is Bobby Lashley, MVP, and Shelton Benjamin, they were heavily featured, at least in the first edition of Raw Underground. But they were also uh, prominently featured earlier on in the night in Raw Upper Ground or Raw Proper, whatever you want to call it. Now, I will say in this most recent episode of Monday Night Raw, apparently Raw Underground rules, quote-unquote, are fluid because in that final go-home segment, Randy Orton did kick uh, Ric Flair in the head. So just because Raw Underground is going on, it doesn't mean it's always going to get that go-home segment, like you said. But part of me does kind of laugh. They've been uh, stuck in the uh, Performance Center since March, and they just now discovered there's like sub-sub-sub-cavern uh, place where people are fight clubbing, which which might be harder to continue to do because we have reports that WWE is abandoning the Performance Center, at least for Raw and SmackDown tapings, as they're heading across town to another empty arena in Orlando to the Amway Center, and they are calling it uh, WWE Thunderdome. Yeah. So look, <laughs> here, here, here's what's clear. We all know that Vince doesn't stay up to date with current culture and I saw somebody make this joke when they first announced Raw Underground hey look Vince finally watched Fight Club yeah he caught up to 1999 <laughs> also apparently he must have watched something where they talked about a Thunderdome he might have watched straight up Mad Max Thunderdome <laughs> he just now got to Mad Max Thunderdome oh uh, hey, look again seriously I, I, I'm not the concept of Raw Underground like no offense to like the cruiserweights, but like instead of it being a segment on Raw, like Raw should just be two hours, and I understand contracts and everything in USA and whatever. They have like the 205 Live show. Like this underground show being something that was its own attraction that would maybe get people to buy the network. Like it's a great concept, but it's just going to get worn out being on Raw every week. And like I hate to say that. Uh, at, at the same time, I don't blame 
the WWE for saying, hey, we want to kind of be able to put on a better show. There are uh, elements of our production. Uh, I'm guessing it's probably hard to shoot pyro off in the performance center or you can't do it at all. And I understand, hey, maybe we can create we can create a better product going to uh, the arena in Orlando, the Amway Center. But why you got to name the damn thing the Thunderdome? Like, just be like, <laughs> hey, know. we're in Orlando. I know. Just uh, Well, apparently they are going to set up a string of tapings in the Amway Center, uh, starting with uh, the August 21st edition of Friday Night SmackDown, leading to uh, SummerSlam. They're going to have an NXT takeover there as well, and then uh, a Raw taping, a NXT taping, a Friday Night SmackDown, another WWE Network event payback, and then closing out on the 31st with a Monday Night Raw broadcast. So it does seem like they're setting up camp for at least 10 days. And I, I've read uh, Kevin Dunn, a, uh, executive producer of WWE, gave an interview to Sports Illustrated, and they did say part of the reason they wanted to move to the Amway Center, you nailed it, uh, was for the pyros, was for the smoke, was for the projections. Because, I mean, I'll give credit where credit's due. WWE took chicken shit and made it into chicken salad with uh, having to deal with the pandemic and setting up in the performance center. But at the same time, I watched WrestleMania both nights because remember, this was the first WrestleMania that was too big for one night. And it it didn't really feel like WrestleMania coming from the performance center. So I, so I do think that that is definitely part of the reason they want to go outside of their performance center, why they want to try something new. And again, they're trying something new. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, but again, y'all are calling it Thunderdome. That is just so stupid. <laughs> they always have to cheese it up, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and it's the whole thing with like the raw underground, like again, I hate to keep harping on this. I don't think it has to be a whole, and I get it's not, but like it just needs to, it needs to be a segment of the show. You see what I'm saying? Like you have this feud and like instead of having a whole underground fight league, like have these like factions feud in that mold. Because I, 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 again, I like the bones of it. I like the bones of the WWE saying, hey, we need to find a place where we can do a full production. Because you know who can do a full production right now? AEW. You know mm -hmm. why? Because Tony Khan owns that parking lot. Uh, and, he, and, and they control Daly's place. And with the uh, consent of the NFL, they can uh, work out things to be able to use the Jaguars stadium because they own all of that. And so... Not just having a stadium stampede match, not not just being able to shoot off pyro because Daly's place is outside. And look, there are other negatives to being outside when it's 180 million degrees in Florida <laughs> in the middle of August and it's 500 percent humidity, and you get and you get swamp ass 30 seconds into your match. <laughs> but like AEW's had some ad advantages. The you know the the. Uh, street fight they had before Double or Nothing that involved members of the elite members of the inner circle where Sammy got chased with the golf cart. You can't do that at a performance center or the Nightmare Factory. You can't have a stadium stampede match if there's no stadium. Uh, the street fight uh, that the Young Bucks and uh, Butcher and Blade had, uh, where are you going to do that if you don't have a you know uh, arena that has a kitchen in it? So... It, AEW's had, in some respects, 
some advantages programming wise and booking wise over the WWE, even though the WWE doesn't book wrestling, they they write uh, sports entertainment uh, because they have bells and whistles to go play with. They have toys to play with. I mean, the whole thing that, unfortunately, they're going to have to stop doing or figure out some different way to do. It's little simple things like FTR makes their debut, and instead of just music hitting, and you're like, wait, what's this? No, you hear that pickup truck, and you start putting two and two together real quick because they drive the damn thing to the ring. So, again, I don't blame WWE uh, per se for this Thunderdome idea or going to a bigger venue, but... You know, they've never been shy about the fact before, uh, although, you know, Thompson Bowling doesn't have a, a corporate name, but when they're in Nashville, they're like, hey, we're at Bridgestone Arena tonight. Mm-hmm. Cool, we're hanging out at the Amway Center. Uh, we're, we're taping like 10 shows at the Amway Center because, you know, we can't go on the road anyway, and so, you know, the Magic are not using the arena. We're going to use it. We've taken it over uh, for the next two weeks. Like, nobody cares. AEW's been at Daly's place for months. Like, nobody cares. Like, you don't have to add that fifth layer of cheese and call it the Thunderdome. And one of the advantages that AEW has had, or at least in the last couple tapings, which I don't know how I feel about this, is they've had a small group of socially distanced fans, not just, uh, you know, heels on one side, faces on the other. And this is where I'm getting kind of, kind of... uh, unsure on the whole Thunderdome Amway experience there uh Kevin Dunn in that same interview with uh Sports Illustrated which by the way I totally botched his title uh, earlier he is WWE executive vice president of television productions there we go boom nailed it uh he says he's looking forward and can't wait to see the Thunderdome full of a thousand people and then he goes on later in the interview to talk about how they're going to be using virtual fans very similar we already made reference to the NBA playoffs and the bubble how they've had the virtual fans with the led boards and having faces so i don't know if that's going to be all the fans he's referring to if there's going to be a mixture of the led boards and actual human beings in the stand i don't know but that is an issue or rather an element that aew has been able to use that the wwe hasn't really tapped into yet Yeah, I'm like you. Uh, A couple things to unpack here. So let's just start in the order you went. It kind of made me uneasy last week on Dynamite when you you, you saw the fans. And again... And literally the first fan you see isn't wearing his mask or he has the mask with his nose exposed. Yeah, it's like, dude, come on. Yeah, like that that was my problem is if we're going to give you this opportunity, like... You have to you have to do the right thing, and like I wonder what the process was. Uh, you know, is that a few like select fans that they invited, or are those like people who are related to somebody who might kind of work for AEW and they called them fans? I mean, either way, it was a bad look because the dude's sitting there and either doesn't have his mask on mm. or like his nose is hanging out. Y'all, the mask doesn't work if you don't cover up your nose. Nope. Um, Look, that said, WW, the AEW, the one thing I can say of the, say is they have been very thorough with their testing and they've been very cautious with every step forward they take. At the same time, you don't want to mess up your bubble that you have that's given you this opportunity to continue to create television live every week. 
because you allow people in there who may not behave. But I assume all those fans uh, were screened. And, you know, the good news is speak, we keep referencing the NBA. This is how cool the NBA is. They in part they funded a, a a project that Yale did, and so a lot of the testing they've done in the NBA bubble. I don't know if you've seen this, Dawes. It's actually a saliva test, and uh, obviously it works pretty well in the bubble because they haven't had outbreaks of players once they've gotten them screened at the, the wide world of sports. Uh, but the FDA approved that. It's been made available to other people, so maybe that's our path forward. Is you can get this. Uh, saliva test on a, a quick turnaround and it's still probably not quick enough to where fans can show up at the arena and then 20 minutes later you let them in the gate but uh, quicker testing and, and then maybe a select group like you say a thousand people 500 people allowed to attend something and hey look you know you cut you got to come be able to come down here to Jacksonville you have to come down here to Atlanta Orlando uh, we're going to tape on uh, Friday, you need to be here on Wednesday to get your test, and then like the next day, we know you're clear. Uh, if not, we'll figure out how to reimburse you or something, or make it worth your time traveling down here. It's got to be local or whatever, but uh, that's a way forward. But I can't completely fault the WWE for trying to see if they can't try to, uh, as AEW has continued to try to enhance their atmosphere, because you can only go so many weeks with you know, 10 uh, jobbers, heels on one side, faces on the other, standing there cheering for their coworkers. Like that, part of that, part of what makes wrestling great uh, is the atmosphere. So uh, again, if you wouldn't cheese it up, I wouldn't have a problem if you said, hey, we're going to start running out of the Amway Center because it gives us more production capacity. I know I kind of rambled all over the place there, but I hope no, like, it no, makes sense. No, no, I, I, I think you made some very good points, and I agree with everything you've said. I, I don't fault WWE for wanting to get outside of the performance center because, like I said earlier, it's like I watched Mania, and it's like, yeah, you're calling this WrestleMania, but it doesn't really feel like WrestleMania. And part of what makes WrestleMania feel like WrestleMania is the giant spectacle uh, stage, is the giant pyro uh, the lasers, the smokes, which they haven't been able to do in the performance center. So I, I look forward to seeing what WWE is going to do. Uh, but don't call it the Thunderdome. That just <laughs> that just makes me and people of my ilk laugh and kind of roll their eyes. <laughs> Back to the the fan thing, real quick before we we roll on. Like I, I know we both kind of expressed our frustration that that. Every time they panned up to that small group of crowd, it appeared at least that or that one guy that figured out how to get on camera each time. <laughs> Again, I'd like to know who these fans were at the AEW show wasn't wearing his, his mask properly. And look, I call uh, local school sports. Uh, we, we do coverage of high school and middle school games uh, out in the community. I'm in the heart of Tennessee. I'm going to run into idiots who don't know how to wear a mask. And so uh, mm. it's just like, y'all. And like from the AEW perspective, like I know like live television is live television. Although like I kind of got the vibe that like last week's show was taped because they've been going like every other week with AEW to let people be able to go home. Um, or go to Sturgis and perform with their band. Or or that too. Um, Jesus Christ. Or maybe there, maybe next week Orange Cassidy is going to dump bleach on Jericho and it'll clean him <laughs> up. Uh, yeah, Chris Jericho's fixing to to test positive for COVID because he yeah. went to Sturgis. 
the virus um, god. I, I just I want to under I, I want to understand that process and who those AEW fans were because like I love Tony Khan like he's done a great job and AEW's been very uh, I don't want to say if I don't know if strict's the right word but like aggressive in their COVID protocol. I mean How about vigilant, vigilant. Um in doing this and doing the testing. I mean, they delayed and they delayed a world championship match, right? Like mm-hmm. several weeks on fight for the, to, to fight for the fallen, uh, just to give John Moxley extra time to make sure he was clear. And, you know, they sent Shivani home, not because he had tested positive one week, but just because, Hey, the test got delayed. So it's just smarter for us, for everybody. You just go back to, uh, uh, Gwinnett for the week and just like hang out because uh, we just want to be extra careful. But it looked a little reckless with those fans, even though they were, you know, uh, assumed to get in that bubble had to be tested. <sighs> the very vague understanding I have of who those fans were, they were people that a do business with the Jaguars or at dailies, or they might be people who are like friends of sponsors or sponsors themselves of all elite wrestling. I could be completely wrong. I could have completely misheard that, but that's my understanding. It's not, you know, Hey, I'm just going to fill out this form at AEW.com and submit it. And hopefully they pick me. And then I go through a screening process. Now I would assume with as vigilant as AEW, has been with testing their performers both in the ring in commentary and behind the scenes that these fans would also go through these same stringent uh tests and requirements but i can't guarantee that i i i know they at least did the temperature screenings before it uh it letting them in and admitting entrance but at the same time i don't know if they had you know the stick up the nose tickle your brain test that the performers themselves have uh, had to go through pro wrestling sheet uh, this is a, a Googled it. The Cade side seats reporting uh, what pro wrestling sheet had to say. And they had about 150 people mask, uh, temperature check, social distancing. So look, those tests are very expensive and they don't come back uh, quickly all the mm-hmm. time. Again, that's why the saliva test is key. Cause again, if you wanted to have a VIP group, I think they had about 150 people. And so certainly at Daly's place, you could space them out. Well, if you want to have 150 or 200 people and you can get a, a 24-hour turnaround on, say, a saliva test, and I'm just guessing here, uh, then you could do that for an NXT TakeOver or a uh, SummerSlam or something and, and have a, you know, have a small group of very, VI, you know, super VIP people. Again, like, you know, sponsors and, and friends of the Jags and AEW or friends of WWE involved, again, because uh, that report from Cade Side Seat stressed that the shows are still not open to the public. So it's like super, super VIP. Okay. And also that the camera uh, was deceiving in terms of they were really spaced out. But the way they shot things, you know, camera tricks, it may not looked as spaced out. And the people who were there felt like they were safe. So to each their own. Yeah, and and hopefully we're not going to hear of any positive tests or, you know, God forbid, outbreaks that come from these AEW tapings. And if WWE does open the Thunderdome to a handful of fans, hopefully we won't see those stories elsewhere. Well, in, in, in that regard, just one more last thing I will say. And look, I don't know how accurate this is because I don't know how vigorous some of these people are in wanting uh, to go get tested. But I guess if there would have been a problem you probably would have found out about it. 
I know I watch NASCAR closer than you, but there at some places where the the government will allow it, including they had the the race at Bristol last month, uh, the All Star like race, and they let like 20, fans? 20, 30,000 people there, and and there were no outbreaks up there in East mm-hmm. Tennessee. Yeah, uh, they had fans at Daytona uh, this weekend, and you haven't heard uh, of outbreaks from that thing. So again, look if you can enforce if you can enforce mask wearing and social distancing, even if somebody may have the virus dormant in them it's much harder to spread it so the key is just vigilance exactly being smart which unfortunately sometimes being smart is harder for some people in uh, our society but uh rab how about this how about we head to a break we've talked about the wwe universe we've talked about the world of vince mcmahon we and we've kind of touched on the fellows of aew and tony khan's creation so why don't we hit a break come back on the other side and we can be elite how about that that sounds good to me. Awesome. You're listening to Near Fall Radio right here on the Buttmust Chips Radio Network. back to near fall radio he's rab i'm Daz. i'm not sure why i'm welcoming you back it's a podcast it's not like you can change the channels or anything like that but regardless we are back as are you and we are here to talk about the elite the the elite of course talking about all elite wrestling rab what's been going on in the world of daily's palace right now or daily's place it, it's been you know one just i think I, I, look I'm not so much of an AEW mark that I'm going to tell you like every week's like an A plus. I even said it, you know, because we had Fighter Fest, and then we had Fight for the Fallen. So basically, AEW was running three free pay per views uh, in in three weeks, and we covered them like they were pay per views, live tweeting stuff. Friend of the show, the murder hawk Lance Archer, uh, uh, liked and, and retweeted one of uh, one of our tweets. So that's fun. Yeah, uh, the demo god retweeted us a couple weeks ago <laughs> talking about the Cassidy debate. Uh, so it, we tried to grade them on a on a high scale. And I'll say this: and look, there's nothing wrong with this. If you give me a B level pay per view, that's really good. Coming off of a few weeks ago, you actually had a pay per view in AEW uh, Double or Nothing. That I think by all accounts was an A, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe even an A plus. I grade on a high scale. It's hard to get an A plus uh, from me. Uh, but they've been putting on really uh, good events. It's it's okay. So maybe over. I don't want to say overhyped, but maybe a little bit. The expectations are a little high when you consider it's this a special episode of Dynamite. But a special episode of Dynamite. It still means something compared to a special episode of Monday Night Raw where Shane O'Mac shows up with whatever weird ass idea he came up with. You know. <laughs> now Rab, be nice. We were we were somewhat forgiving of it in the first segment. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I just I couldn't I know, I'm just giving you grief. I, you, you know, I, I still pine for that day when I used to get super excited in college, right? 
because every Monday you'd watch Monday Night Raw. Maybe by the time I got to college, Raw was three hours every week. But anyway, um, you know, it'd be a special three-hour Monday Night Raw. So you knew it was going to be big. Oh, yeah, one of the super uh, shows. Uh, HBK was going to work somebody in a Iron Man match. But it, it, so, you know, AEW had all this momentum, I think, coming out of Double or nothing, and I think they've done a really good job now here as we sit in the middle of August and are on the road uh, to All Out, although they're not going anywhere. It's going to be at Daly's place. Uh, no, they too are going to the Amway Center. Swerve. No. <laughs> have, a, have an invasion. Yep. Oh, there it is. Boom. We finally get that AEW-WWE crossover the internet's been clamoring for. <laughs> They're, they're going to go to the Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Jacksonville because they need to get at Daly's place. Um, I, I like where it's going. Like, again, Cody, the inaugural TNT champion, he's been doing the open challenge, and every week we're waiting uh, to, to see what's, what's going to happen there. And you and I really think a heel turn's coming. At the very least, I think it's I think here soon the strap has to change. Your folks are going to get bored because I used to really look forward to seeing Cody Russell, and now I'm just kind of bored with it. Give it to Brody Lee. I'm the only Dark Order mark in the world, and I want to see Mr. Brody Lee with that title. By the way, that heel turn is totally coming for Cody. His uh, entourage has grown by the week, and he's now being introduced as the Prince of Professional Wrestling. You're telling me that's a face move out there? No, thank you. No, it's <laughs> it, it, it's not, uh, and you're not the only Dark Order mark out there. I, I think even if just for the sake of <laughs> there being one champion on the whole show who's a heel, uh, Brody Lee needs that strap. Is this like Tobias Funke in Arrested Development when talking about being a never new? There are dozens of us, dozens, dozens. <laughs> um, it, 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 Quite frankly, it pissed me off that Scorpio Sky didn't win last week. Yeah, man. Scorpio Sky is on cut, a hell of a run, he too. Cut that, he cut that great promo. He's been doing great work on Dark. And you can only ask us to come to the well uh, so many times, right? With being excited for a championship match and then the belt doesn't change hands. And I understand it's not going to change hands every single week. Like part of the open challenge is like Cody takes on like all comers. I mean, he took and on like Warhorse, my guy. I, I, I appreciate. Oh, we didn't even get. Yeah, Warhorse who that rules happened. ass. Yeah, and then, Warhorse ruled ass on AEW Dynamite. And that then we saw awesome. what 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 kind of aggravated me with the Scorpio Sky match. As soon as Cody got the one two three, he kind of looked at Scorpio Sky. Were we going to get something? No, it's immediately into the Brody Lee vignette. When when he beat Warhorse, when Warhorse ruled ass, I thought there were a couple times when he hit that elbow off the top rope. I was like. He might actually get it here. As soon as Cody got the one, two, three, here comes the Dark Order to, you know, completely take the focus off of Warhorse and introduce Matt Cardova. It's like, I, that's, that, that, that's another issue I'm starting to have with Cody. Yeah, it gets, look, I, I think, like, especially last week, because, like, that heel turn's coming with Cody. Like, because you expect, because, you know, SCU's kind of on the periphery of the elite, although I don't really know if I consider Cody to be in the elite. Uh, he's elite adjacent he's elite adjacent SCU's elite adjacent like the point is like I mean 
SCU built themselves at certain points as much off of that show uh, as Cody and the actual members of the elite. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Don't forget, they're the first tag team champions. They were the first tag team champions. They were one of the groups that like AEW was built on. Cody and the Bucks and Kenny and Hangman and SCU and like they lended that credibility that came from their independent run. Like they have history together. They're like road brothers together. So like uh, Scorpio Sky, like again, I, I don't have a problem. Like I love that the Dark Order is trying to take over AEW right now. But like Scorpio Sky getting that belt and then like Cody acting like he's going to be all happy for him and then he has like he does like some sort of dickhead heel maneuver. That would have been great. <laughs> it, it, him doing like again, I understand probably not smart to put the strap on one of these indie guys that you're bringing in for this open challenge. But like Scorpio Sky would have been perfect for it, and like that could have been a a storyline. And like they get he cut the promo on Dark God, the week before he challenged Cody, and then he's coming out and he's got the door uh, on the stage and he's knocking the door down. And then it's like you said, as soon as the bell rang, like that angle was over, mm-hmm. and like they did all this work to build that matchup, and then it was over. Not that I'm not happy about a Brody Lee Cody match, but I could have waited like a couple weeks for that cuz you could have had this thing going with Cody and Scott. I mean, like like this Saturday, yes, by the way, Dynamite's going to be on Saturday instead of Wednesday. You totally could have made this match up on Saturday. Mhm. It did, it could have it could have led to it could have been from like one like I get it's an open challenge. But like a Cody Brody Lee match, like building that up, and 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 we're going into the the NBA playoffs, and Turner's going to have NBA games just about every night. By the way, that's why Dynamite's on a Saturday this week. Although it is interesting, TNT doesn't have any games on Thursday this week. It's an ESPN night because ESPN and TNT share the NBA. Yeah, it's probably a partnership. I thought they were getting preempted for a dog show. Wait, no, that's wrong. I, I don't have a problem with Dynamite Saturday Night Dynamite. I think it's like a good uh, test run for AEW to see how it does on a Saturday night. And even though it is at 5 o'clock Central Time, it is literally going to be led into by an NBA playoff game. And so you are going to have somewhere between two, let's say, let's be nice, let's say two and a half and four million people uh, watching an NBA playoff game. Although it's the Heat and the Pacers, it's not the greatest NBA playoff game you could get. But it's an NBA game lead into Dynamite. Um, and, and you're going to have a big card. You got the the rest. You have uh, the Dark Order versus the Elite, uh, the Women's Tag Team Cup uh, Final. FTR versus Private Party. Lucha Brothers, Butcher and Blade versus the Natural Nightmares, Jurassic Express. Darby Allen's going to jump off of something. <laughs> John Moxley is going to cut another awesome promo. Oh, uh, God. I want to see him get his hands on MJF so bad. So bad. Dude, I'm I'm all about MJF. I'm all about Team MJF 2020, though. Does MJF take the strap off of Moxley at all out? Like, like am I crazy to think that's happening? I'm not, I don't think it's cr- I don't think it's crazy to think it's happening. I'm not making an official prediction yet. I, I, I do think that 
in terms of Moxley, because Moxley's not going to turn. You could, you can't, you you even if you wanted to, even if he wanted to, you couldn't turn Moxley. He's like Austin. The people like him too much. The closest you could get is him being a badass tweener, not a full blown. Yeah, kill. yeah, bad, yeah. It, that's what he is right now. I mean, he's a he's the face of the company right now, but like he's got like that tweener persona mm-hmm. in him a little bit because he he is just so like he's likable. <laughs> he, he's he he's so unfiltered. He's uncut. Uh, so and again, we talked about. John Moxley's at his best when he's chasing something. Uh, so I would not be surprised if MJF is your champion at All Out uh, because it's just going to continue the storyline with Moxley. And I think it's a good... I think it's a good trial balloon to see if one of these young guys can handle having the strap. Because if it's not, it's very easy easy four to six weeks into it to have that rematch between MJF and Moxley and just have Moxley take it back from him. Yep, I could see that. And it's not really going to hurt anybody because MJF is so good on the stick that he's going to insert himself in the situation. Um. And plus, we've already seen the polls that MJF showed on the last episode of Dynamite. John Moxley is down minus a thousand percent to MJF, up five hundred percent. I mean, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you at Sacrifice. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. I, it, I just have to say, I think it it's so smart uh, in this climate. To have somebody like MJF do this politically themed storyline, because it's not like it's it, it, it's it's not like what the WWE's tried to do when they've done political things before. When they had what the the who was Hager and uh, Dirty Dutch? What was that? Oh group? yeah, Jack or uh, Jack Swagger and uh, Zeb Coulter with the We the People. That was the obvious, like you know, Tea Party uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, yeah, they were uh, they were banging home on the Sean Hannity Fox News stuff, which they actually got on Sean Hannity, calling him out for you know being a complete d bag. <laughs> there was good stuff that came out. Yeah, of there that. was some kayfabe breaking, but you know, as long as Sean Hannity's <laughs> being taken to task for being a complete ass clown, I'm fine with breaking kayfabe for that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, <laughs> Any, any, this was just smart because, like, it's playing up that election theme. It's an election year. It is. Uh, you know, let's just let's just call a spade a spade. You may not personally agree, uh, you the listener out there, but we, you know, have an unpopular uh, president. I wouldn't say we have an unpopular champion in John Moxley, but it's certainly a smart angle for the heel to take to insult the face champion. So, uh, good work. Uh, by MJF, and I would have zero problem whatsoever with MJF being the AEW uh, champion. Like, I don't know how much longevity that has because, you know, MJF, as you know, he's at old school heel, so the best is when he gets his comeuppance from the face. But uh, it's, a, it's a good storyline. I was wondering where uh, the w, or AEW would go. I, I thought maybe they would continue Cage. 
Moxley, but nobody really needed to see that again because another giant got killed, and we're not going to go down that rabbit hole this week. Uh, but I like where AEW is going. We haven't even gotten to the biggest thing that's been going on in the cards yet, Dawes, and that's been the feud uh, with, with Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Uh, although it's interesting to see where that's going to go after Orange uh, got the got the pinfall on the demo god. Well, a very slow pinfall, and I'll be honest, like I. <sighs> I know it's set up. They could possibly have a rubber match at all out, you know, because they're tied one to one. But I, I don't know. Just that ending of their match on dynamite left me with almost no desire to see this feud go forward. And, and, and that's a shame because I thought coming out of their first matchup, orange Cassidy looked like a million bucks. Jericho did a great job of making a new star, but I'm not going to say it undid everything in the second match, but Oh, that God, that, that, uh, that, that, that go home sequence. I, I think Taz called it a mouse trap or something like it was almost like Chris Jericho was falling in slow motion. And, and then like the, there, there was no flash pin aspect of what was supposed to be a flash pin. Now we've seen orange Cassidy do something similar on dark, which I think that's what they were going for, but just for whatever reason, it did not work for that finale of dynamite and coming off of their debate the previous week, uh, we saw the return of easy E Eric Bischoff and I will always pop because I love me some Eric Bischoff and and Cass and Cassidy spoke. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And look, if you've, if you've watched a, what is it called? A shot of brandy. Yes. Shot of brandy. There's an episode where he's on there and he's spoken before and he said like five words. On, on BTE when they're trying to come up with bits and then yeah, and, I think and apparently he, murdering Brandon Cutler. I, I think he was the one who was jerking off Colt Cabana. <laughs> yeah, that got weird. That got weird really quick. <laughs> it, 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 I appreciated it though because it, it it almost like it, it made me think of okay if Charlie on Always Sunny tried to kill somebody. <laughs> How would he screw it up? I'm pretty sure there was an episode where they did try to kill somebody and it didn't involve him jerking somebody off with cake. But uh, it's like some, uh, it's like some like Mac and, and Charlie stuff that they're getting into. So, I, but with that promo, you're right. That promo he cut at the bait was great. Like I just got to the point. Cause like you can tell in that main event, you know, cause dynamite has a hard, off the air at, mm-hmm. at at ten Eastern nine Central, like it, it. In like spoiler alert, the the old school WWE run over back in the day was like timed out hard too. Yep. They just let them go over the hours so they could you know ratings and whatnot. But um, like they are hard off at nine o'clock. They're they have two solid hours, and so you kind of know you can you can. Think well, maybe you know there's going to be something coming, but the closer they get to nine o'clock, you know there's not going to be any BS in the end of the show. By the way, you're saying when you say nine o'clock, you mean nine o'clock Central time? Yeah, ten Eastern. Yeah, there we go. The the end of the two hours. Um, (laughs) So like at first I was like, oh man, this is is this going to go? Because Jake Hager snuck out there, and it's like the 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 posse's were banned from ringside, and 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 all that's like okay. There's a stipulation in this match. I had told you going into Dynamite last week, it seems like they're probably going to blow this off uh, with this feud. And again, I think it's always... Jericho's so good 
as a veteran, if six months from now they don't have anything for either one of them to do and, and they want round three of Jericho and Cassidy after it's like had some time to like cool off, like they can revive that and make it work. Yeah. But but like you at this point, like I don't need to see Jericho Cassidy three at all out. Like I want it to come out of nowhere at like full gear or something next year. But that does lead to the question, what does Chris Jericho and for that matter, Orange Cassidy do at All Out? Because Orange Cassidy is one of their most over superstars or excuse me, professional wrestlers. Sorry, I forgot we're talking about AEW, not WWE. He's an actual superstar. He's not just because he signed a contract. Very true. So what 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 did what did they do at All Out? I mean, are they going to stick him in the corner of the best friends as they have like a Suze Van on a pole match against uh, against Proud and Powerful? I, I really don't know because Sammy Guevara is going to be murdered by then. <laughs> Sammy Guevara is going to be legit dead if he isn't shut up and, and stop pissing off Matt Hardy. Yeah, Matthew and, Hardy uh, is going to straight up murder a dude. And, and I know this is like two-thirds worked. Uh, we'll get more into that later. But Matt Hardy's legit pissed off at Sammy Guevara for throwing that chair at him. I mean, that, that, that shit looked like it hurt, because it did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was, you want to shoot, brother? That was a shoot. <laughs> that gave me a concussion watching it. That, that was so much a shoot. <laughs> and my cat just looked at me weird when I did my Paul Heyman voice. <laughs> but you, we'll like, the thing is, like, Cassidy's so over right now. Like, I, look, he's not the type of guy you got to give a strap. He doesn't need it. He probably doesn't actually help him to ever have the belt. He's like super over with this slacker. So I'm just going to – I don't want to sound like I'm just kind of, you know, passing the buck here, but it's Orange Cassidy, man. So wherever, whatever, whenever, you know, he's just going to do it. He's just going to do what he's going to do. Yeah. I mean, I think they probably uh, continue the Jericho feud because even though the ending of that match wasn't great last week, it's just, you know, put a a canister of rocket fuel up the ass of Orange Cassidy. And, like, he's just, like, so over. And, and TNT really, really likes him some Orange Cassidy. I mean, Orange Cassidy now owns a pinfall victory over legitimately one of the greatest to ever step in the ring of, of professional wrestling in Chris Jericho. So, I mean, I think we probably sometime uh, for All Out, which coming up Labor Day-ish weekend, um, have something going on with that. But uh, also, if you can figure out something else for them to do, I, I think it, it benefits because I, I, I'm like you right now. I don't need more. I don't need more Jericho Cassidy because I don't want to say I know how it's going to end, but Jericho's not taking two L's to Cassidy in a month. He's just not. Like, I know wins and losses really don't matter, and he can say he doesn't care, but he's not doing that. And well, in AEW, the wins and losses do matter, at least according to the ranking. Am I the only one thinking that maybe the inner circle's time is starting to come to an end? I I, I didn't quite buy it uh, when you said it earlier, but I mean, I think that might be smart. I think, you know, you, you 
Santana and Ortiz are off doing their own thing with the best friends. Sammy Guevara is about to get murdered by Matt Hardy. Uh, like, let Jake Jake Hager hang around, be Jericho's heater. I mean, like, maybe they maybe we don't need a full blow off feud, the implosion of the inner circle, because unfortunately, due to the whole COVID situation, we'd never got to see the elite and uh, and the inner circle in that you know uh, uh, blood I- games. Yeah, blood cage, guts. Yeah, blood and guts cage match. I mean, we got the inner circle match, but I, I like. I almost feel like much like the elite is kind of off doing their own thing. The inner circle's off doing their own thing. Maybe just blow it up. Maybe maybe it's time to go their separate ways. I would love to see Eddie Kingston uh, get involved with uh, Santana or Santana and Ortiz, and them be just a freaking murder house blowing I, I don't everybody think up. That I would. I don't disagree with that. I think that would be good for Eddie Kingston because he, again, he's great on the stick. That promo he cut before his oh, match with Cody was, was so the best good. part of that match. Um, I, I think, I think we've been conditioned to have everything spoon fed to us by the WWE. So, like, basically, for you know, we have the WWE has to run something into the ground until Vince basically comes out and says, "Oh, the." Uh, the the shield is no more and like spell it out for people like we're like seven though i will say when the shield blew up that was that was kind of a what the just happened but yeah i i get what you're saying i'm like you i don't know if you have to have like a feud that like like spurs it to happen you know like jericho can go off and do his own thing and i'm sure with him wanting to do some tour dates with fozzy he doesn't want to have to go through all that BS, even though they kind of sort of work out the dates to work where he can be available for Dynamite. But if he goes away for a little while, that's okay. You know, it, it's good for people to take time off and, like, have the heat come off of them for a little bit. Because then when they come back, it's, like, special. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Santana and Ortiz have this thing going with the best friends, like you say. Uh, Sammy and, and Matthew Hardy uh, have something going on. Jake Hager. uh do whatever you want. I mean, you know, plenty of big ass dudes. I want to see Jake Hager just get in a ring and punch. I want to uh, see him and, and uh, Luchasaurus go at it again. And then again, if Jericho makes sporadic appearances, Jake Hager's his muscle. But it is just kind of this unspoken thing. Like the inner circle's not disbanded forever, never to be restored, but they're not in the middle of everybody's uh, stuff. As a as a faction, twenty four seven. But like, it, it kind of leaves it ambiguous, and like it's always in the back of your mind. Uh, hey, we're off doing our own thing, but you know, kind of like you know, Wonder Twin powers activate. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what, what, what the New Day is pitched. They never want to actually break up the New Day. If there's ever a time when they all go their separate ways, they're still going to be the New Day. They're just going to be doing their own things individually. And like you said, if if the Wonder Twins have to come back together and, and remind some sons of bitches what's up, they will. Yeah, man. You know, if if Jericho needs some, some extra muscle, you never know. Then, like, you're not exp- – again, you're not expecting it. So six months down the line, like, let's just say for the – the the sake of it, they they put Jericho back in the main event picture. He wants to do like one more like maybe main event run, and he's wrestling who whomever. Moxley, you pumpkin headed piece of shit. No. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna get his retribution on Moxley like a year from now, and like Santana and Ortiz haven't been showing up. Uh, Sammy Guevara hasn't been helping Jericho. It's just been Hager, and then out of the blue, uh, Santana and Ortiz run in and screw Moxley like. 
we're getting into fantasy booking territory, <laughs> but like that's the organic shit that can happen when you just kind of let stuff happen, just kind of breathe and just kind of happen, you know, like it doesn't have to be spelled out. It's kind of, we all expected FTR and the young bucks to kind of get after it right away. And they haven't had this weird, uneasy alliance. And we don't know when they're going to turn on each other, but they're going to turn on each other at some point, And that kind of makes it fun. Well, and, and now we, we kind of saw the payoff of that with the uh, tag team appreciation circle jerk. I mean, interview with uh, uh, the Rock and Roll Express and the Brain Busters. Oh, yeah. If, thank God Tully Blanchard was there. Otherwise, that segment would have just been dog turds. And because he basically did every He basically said, stopped short of saying, hey, y'all quit jerking each other off. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he said the PG, well, the TV 14 version of that, because I mean, like, uh, th- both of those teams are talking about how they're the best in the world. Well, guess what? Like to be the best, you got to have the hardware and neither one of you have the hardware. And like, I, I didn't watch dynamite live. So I didn't, I, I avoided spoilers, but I did see one headline massive heel turn on dynamite. And it was FTR attacking the young bucks. That's a massive heel turn. I, I, I didn't assume that the FTR attacked the rock and roll express. And then everybody oh, kind of, yeah, Okay, so like what? F- F- FTR uh, uh, attacked a guy who said they weren't good. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I expect him to do. Yeah, because because they're they're they were never faces. They like FTR like at best at best is tweeners and drinking buddies with Hangman Page. Yeah. So anyway, speaking of like, if anybody needs to drop the strap, that's the most yeah tired. To, and, and two of my favorite people in AEW, like Kenny, because you know, like when he's involved in the match, it's going to be really good. Because he's still, like, I don't care what anybody says. Oh, what happened to the best bout machine cleaner persona? Like all this, what happened to, to Kenny? Like, he was still out there having great matches, mm-hmm. even if he wasn't on the right side of it. And then they found this magic with him and Hangman. Yeah. And freaking lightning uh, in the just, bottle, baby whatever uh, differences they have outside the ring, when they ring that bell, those two are ready to win. Uh, and, and that was a good run for them that gave us the the six-star match that would have been 85 stars if it would have been in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> Factually correct. <laughs> Factually correct, man. So... Um, yeah, I've I've loved their their tag team championship run. I loved the unorthodox pairing of them and seeing them rise through the ranks, but... Yeah, like I, I, I know we don't want to veer into fantasy booking territory, but but I I'm not going to say it's past due or it's past the expiration date where they need to, to take the straps off these guys. But I do think it's getting close to the time that the straps do need to come off of them. Me personally, I would have taken them off and put them on the freaking Dark Order a couple weeks ago. Would have made the Dark Order. Would have legitimized them and. It, but again, I don't want to get into fantasy booking territory. Bet I would have put them on the best friends, or I would have put them on Dark Order. Those are the two matches they've had recently that made the most sense. Mm-hmm. Best friends on merit for all they did to elevate themselves. The nightmare taping, and then like you said, the Dark Order because it makes them strong. And so if you have uh, Uno and Grayson with the uh, the tag straps, and then Brody Lee. 
uh, gets the TNT Championship, you usher in the heir of the Dark Order, and that would just that uh, would just be fantastic. That would have been television. great. I think that would have made the Dark Order what they wanted them to be from the initial onset when they debuted at All Out. Uh, I, I guess a year ago, and plus it's like. Don't sleep on the team of Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. They kicked ass in Pro Wrestling Guerrilla as the Super Smash Brothers. These guys, like the Young Bucks on this past episode of Being the Elite said at one point, we considered them our greatest rivals. So, I mean, like, they are a great tag team in and of themselves. They just happen to be in the Dark Order. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were the originators uh, of the Dark Order. And I thought the Dark Order had gotten kind of wonky Uh at some point, and of course, some oh, of that they were hamstrung. Got wonky at some point. They, they were they were hamstrung by by. I'm saying since Brody debuted. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, and and it, you know, some of that was necessity. They didn't have a lot of of choice because as Uno and Grayson had some some travel issues because mm-hmm. one or both of them are what Canadian. Believe I, I know Grayson is. I don't know about Uno. But anyway, so that 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 had to work through that, but. You know, I would love to see the OGs of the Dark Order and and then their leader, Brody Lee, with some some hardware. And then I like everybody else in the Dark Order where they're at as minions and then Silver and Reynolds as complete idiots on BTE who can't (laughs) recruit anybody. Oh, so good. Yeah, their uh, their latest recruiting drive or ideas for recruiting uh, on this past episode of BTE was uh, very, very... Interesting. We'll go with that. <laughs> so we we touched on it earlier, and we're not done with with AEW. A few other things to tie up, but how do you how do you think this is going to play out over the next month? Because between now and the middle of September, Dart or, or AEW Dynamite is going to be on a fluid schedule because of the NBA uh, playoffs. And look, I understand that you don't want. Y- it's better to be on Thursday night at, at 8, 7 central than it is to be uh, led into by a playoff game and you start too late uh, from a ratings perspective. People just aren't going to watch. They're not going to tune in to, to watch Dynamite that starts at, at 10, 30, 30 minutes late because the playoff game ran over. Do you think it's going – and again, we don't obsess over the ratings, but – it will be interesting to see. Do you think the ratings will be better because they don't have competition or are they going to be hurt because people are out of their routine? I think it might be a mixture of both of the scenarios you just laid out because uh, this upcoming episode of Dynamite that's going to be on Saturday, even though it's not going up against uh, NXT on Wednesday night, it is partially going to be going up against their NXT TakeOver, which, of course, is being headlined by Pat McAfee and Adam Cole. But I am- it a 7, seven 8 Eastern, 7 Central uh, for take- TakeOver? Yeah, I believe that's when it starts. I like I, uh, I'm not a network subscriber right now, so I can't give you those numbers off the top of my head. But I am curious to see specifically on the Thursday uh, episodes of Dynamite when they are running unopposed. And I guess I'll say the same thing about those NXT episodes where they're not running opposed to AEW Dynamite because I mean, like, I've always said I would be curious to see the numbers these shows would pull if 
there wasn't a direct competition going up against them, especially AEW and NXT are kind of going after the same crowd. They're kind of going after that smart mark crowd. And I don't mean that as a derogatory term because I would put both Rab and myself in that uh, category as well, as opposed to the, yeah, we're here to see John Cena and Roman Reigns crowd that the Raw and SmackDown bookings go after. I like, uh, and like Rab said, we're not super into the ratings. In fact, it kind of makes me roll my eyes when I see Tony Khan and Chris Jericho talk about winning the demos and, and the demo God. Oh God, make it stop. But I am yeah. curious to see what they are going to pull. Cause I, I do care about the ratings from the perspective of, I want to make sure that AEW is delivering what TNT expects. And it's the same thing with W. I do not want to see the WWE t- WWE failed. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because it it seems like it seems like week after week we're still getting those reports of how Raw specifically is getting like all time low ratings, and that's that's not great. Because I know they did just sign these contracts with the USA Network and specifically Fox. Those can be renegotiated. There is a renegotiation period before those contracts end. Now. You can can't you can get out of anything. You might have to pay them some money, but you can get out of showing that if the numbers don't hit where you want them to hit. Exactly. So I want like to this day it may it 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 it, it makes me hurt as a wrestling fan. It makes me sad that the company that was last known as WCW is no more considering all the great lineage that it had because it was mismanaged and there was a time where it was equal to or greater than the WWE. And I don't want the WWE to end up in that same fate to where it's this also ran also ran company that is, even if it's not extinct, it's like a joke and it had this great lineage, but like it just went down the tubes. Like I want wrestling to be healthy and AEW makes wrestling healthy. And again, it appeals to people more like me and Dawes. And so I care about the ratings to the extent that it pleases the network. Also, I think it's important to see, like, it's one thing to say, hey, this is a really good show. And we know Dynamite is a really good show and AEW is a great company. But if it doesn't engage anybody, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. That said, talking about ratings and demos and all that stuff, that should not be a storyline. If Tony Khan wants to tweet about it, tweet to your heart's content, man. And in all honesty, if anybody should be tweeting about it, it should be Tony Khan because this is kind of his baby as much as, you know, we, the wrestling fans, think of this being the baby of Cody, the Bucks, and Kenny. Like, Tony Khan is putting his family and his money on the line for this. So if anybody can and should be doing it, it is Tony Khan. This was Tony Khan's idea. It just so happened to work out that all those guys were free agents and Tony Khan was able to, you know, contact them and and, and form a partnership um, uh, to, to do that kind of along that same timeline that all in happened. But anyway, I, I think it's going to be interesting. Like, again, so the main card for NXT will start at 8 Eastern, 7 Central, so Dynamite will be off the air. I thought it was interesting when they announced, hey, tune in for Saturday Night Dynamite, and it's starting at 6 o'clock Eastern. But it makes sense now because there's that NXT Hmm. takeover event. Okay, all right. There is a kickoff show at 6 Eastern, uh, 
whatever, uh, 6 o'clock. The, the main card starts at, at 7. So there's a little bit of overlap, but not that much. And I would be interested to see, hopefully, fingers crossed, as in, you know, I'll admit I'm an AEW fan. I do hope some of that NBA playoff crowd does stick around to watch it. Because, like, I have, like, you have to know there's at least some faction or part uh, part of the NBA crowd that's going to be watching it. At least a handful of them are going to be lapsed wrestling fans. So hopefully AEW Dynamite can hook them and bring them back into the wrestling fold. I like I I think that would be a uh, best case scenario for AEW. Absolutely, I mean they're going to be able to take advantage of that. We're not going through all the details, but I know there's like a week where I think there's a TNT either has a triple header or quadruple header of NBA games, and so like there's going to be a Wednesday night where. The way Tony Khan explained it, there's going to be a late night episode of Dynamite and then another two hours the next night. So it's not a, you know, it's not a full program where like there's an NBA game at 530 and then at 8 Eastern, there's a episode of Dynamite. There's not, this is the only week that there's like an actual lead in, but that too is something that could hook. Uh, fans, if it's, hey, you know, get this snippet of what's going on on Dynamite, and if you want more, tune in tomorrow night. Plus, again, you have the folks in the NBA bubble reading promos for Dynamite, and they're going to be airing promos for AEW during these NBA games because they're on every single freaking day. Yep. All day. So there's no way they're not promoting that. And that is huge. That was so cool last year for Kevin Harlan, and I know it's his job, but it's what makes (laughs) Kevin Harlan good is wanting to know, is John Moxley going to join the inner circle? Like, that's what you need. That's a partner. That's just not a, that, this is not a channel that broadcasts you. Because, like, you know, Sinclair owns Fox Regional now. And they own Ring of Honor. And you'll see prom- promos for Ring of Honor Wrestling. And Ring of Honor Wrestling airs on the Fox uh, Sports Regional Networks. And it airs on... Uh, it, it airs on the Sinclair local stations that own it, but they don't do a very good job of promoting it. Or, uh, you know, Fox does a little bit of a promotion for, for SmackDown. Like, I hear the commercials when I'm watching, like, FS1 or listening to it because it's on Sirius Satellite. They just, like, have the audio of FS1 on there all the time, but not nearly the investment that TNT has. I don't believe. Plus, Orange Cassidy wandered through the background of a TNT live uh, shot with uh, with Shaq and and uh, Charles Barkley and Kenny and 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 the crew. So, I mean, like you talked about, this is a true partnership. The Turner Group wants AEW to succeed, just like they want their TNT partnership to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. So that that's really uh, encouraging to see, and I'm excited to see how this plays out. And again, this Saturday night. Uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a great it's a great card. Cody versus Brody Lee, mm-hmm. uh, the six man tag, Elite versus Dark Order, uh, eight man tag, Lucha Bros, Butcher Blade versus uh, Natural Nightmares. Which, look, I'm gonna mark I'm a I'm a mark out uh, for that because I'm just excited to see Dustin Rhodes do anything. <laughs> I can get behind that. I was first introduced to Dustin Rhodes as Goldust. You know how long I had to go before I knew who Goldust actually was? Like when I got, you know, the, the, when the had to wait for the internet to be a thing to figure all that out. <laughs> it's like, he's whose son? Oh my God. <laughs> and that's what they did to Dusty Rhodes' kid? That's really <laughs> shitty. Um, 
but like he like he made that character a thing because he embraced it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and to to see him as the natural because again. I got into wrestling in the Attitude Era. I watched WWE. I watched it for The Rock and Stone Cold. I learned about WCW going back in the day and watching the stuff on the network and when they had the Rise and Fall uh, DVDs and Rise and Fall programs on Netflix and things of that nature. But like, I would have been all about if I would have been older and been a wrestling fan. I would have been all about some late 80s, uh, early 90, 91, 92 WCW. I might have never been a WWE fan. Like it was so good. So let me some Dustin. Uh, again, Darby Allen's going to jump off of something and you're going to wonder if he's dead. Uh, FTR <laughs> versus private party. That's going to be a hell of a I match. love me some private party and I'm not saying they need to be next in line, but sooner rather than later, they're going to have some gold around their waist. And I just think they're going to rocket ship to the moon with it. Plus the uh, final of the women's tag tournament which this is not some sort of tag team women's belt yet, but they're simply having a tag team tournament and uh, they're going to get their uh, ch- champion of that crown uh, on on Saturday. And, and that's maybe kind of where I want to end things up here uh, today. Dawes, I don't know if you've checked any of that out on YouTube. Uh, I'll be honest, I, I haven't, and it's not because I'm not a fan of women's wrestling. I just have a lot of other stuff going on. You know, I got like ball games to call. Yeah, understandable. Uh, coming up this week and and game prep and stuff like that. And I watch my two hours of Dynamite, and sometimes I watch Dark, and I don't miss being the elite. Um, and I don't think AEW's overloading anything because they're certainly giving a spotlight to women's wrestling. Um, are 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 you? Let me see if I phrase it. Are you are you disappointed that it ended up being outside of the tournament final, its own entity, uh, with the women's cup, or would it have been better to maybe I- incorporate that into Dark and Dynamite? I mean, I, I can definitely see why uh, you, you're asking the question whether it should be implemented into Dark and Dynamite, because I think this is a fair criticism that AEW has gotten, and it's and it's come at the expense of their women's division. Like, uh, don't get me wrong, I love Sheeta at the top. I'm a big fan of her. I'm a big fan of Nyla Rose, a big fan of uh, Big Swole. But at the same time, it's not as strong as the rest of the card. But at the same time, I do like the fact that that the women's uh, tournament is being given its own spotlight, its own show. Uh, something that WWE hasn't done outside of the Evolution pay-per-view, giving their women's division their own show. I think it's um, I think it's great that people like Big Swole and Lil Swole have been given a platform. Uh, the Nightmare Sisters kind of still make me roll my eyes. I love the fact that the Dark Order team of uh, Anna Jay and Tay Conti have gotten uh, some some time on camera. I thought that was crazy interesting when Anna Jay, it looked like uh, she got that uh, vignette package to talk about how she's going to get her first win and, there, and then here comes our Dark Queen Abaddon to completely wreck her and then she goes and joins the Dark order i love the fact that that's getting some more growth and heck uh diamante and eva lease i'm a i'm a fan of that team as well uh i look forward to seeing how this tournament shakes out though i will be honest if it ends up being brandy Rhodes and uh what's her face sorry uh i'm totally blanking on uh what's her face's name Allie. Allie. there we go not brandy Rhodes. uh i'm gonna be a little aggravated if they're the ones that end up being the champion because i really feel like every other team 
deserves it more because I mean, like, like, like Brandy and Allie, they, they, they pretty much already got their spot where it's like big swole and little swole. I think that could give them a chip to get to that next level. I would love, love, love if the dark order finally got something, uh, a chip, so to speak, their win, if their team of Anna Jay and Tay Conti got it. And also like Diamante and Ivalice, if they were to go through this tournament after being enemies, like, you know, uh, and picking up the victory, I think that could elevate both of them because I think they could be big players in the women division going forward. So I am curious to see how this is going to play out. That could be very interesting. Some booking, like we're talking about with it being the rise of the dark order. Cause between now and when all out happens, if you told me that the dark order had earned themselves another tag title shot, like I would totally buy it. Like even though they took that loss to Hangman. And Kenny a couple weeks ago, uh, it didn't take any any uh, wind out of their sails from my perspective uh, for Uno and Grayson. And you had uh, Brody Lee with the singles title. By the way, Again, the Bucks is, should have totally caught the L this past week to, to, to yes, the Dark Order. Just saying. Um, also, the Elite needs to catch the L this Saturday against the Dark Order. Come on. Yes, and then weird hangman can come do some weird hangman shit. Yeah, he'll be drunk anyway by <laughs> by that point on a Saturday night. Are you kidding me? Yeah, uh, by six o'clock Saturday, yeah, he's gonna have had a couple of uh, crispy boys. <laughs> I mean, FTR might have had a couple by then too. That is true. Who knows? Then you can never tell with them Mid Atlantic boys. <laughs> Although you know, do has hangman figured out who Barry Windham is? Yeah. Uh, I mean, hopefully he does have access to the Wackipedia, but I don't know. Once again, he could be too drunk to type. So, But again, if, if Brody Lee has a singles belt, if here in the near future, uh, Uno and, and, and Grayson have some hardware, uh, the Anna, Anna Jay and, and uh, her partner, Tecante uh, with the, the, the cup, that could be very interesting. Again, you usher in the era of the dark order. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, although have we figured out is, is Colt Cabana just hanging out? <laughs> I think Colt Cabana is just happy to be there for being completely honest. <laughs> He's just happy to be on TV. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. <laughs> I still love, I, I still love me some boom, boom. And you know what? Like, I still think eventually it's going to be Colt Cabana ends up in the dark order. Like, and I, I can't wait to see how that story plays out. Which, once again, it's like, I'm the only dark order mark in the world, so I am holding out hope for my guys, those weird perverts. I wouldn't say that you're the only dark order mark <laughs> in the world. I definitely know there's a chick on Twitter who wants to do some weird stuff with the dark order. Don't mm. look up hashtag join the dark. I don't know. Yeah, no, uh, no. I don't need yeah. to know about that. That's that's uh, going back to our first segment where where uh, don't be a goober. I think I need to apply that to her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there are some anyway. people that, that like just take this fandom way too grossly. Um, <laughs> I, that's I wouldn't say I'm a dark order order mark, but I, I think there can be. I'm not necessarily rooting for the heels, but there can be some good storylines to come out of the Dark Order's uh, success. Let me put it that way. Um, except in the TNT Championship match, screw Cody. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say screw Aaron because he'll come whip my ass. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> he'll get after you with that Waffle House menu he carries around. Yeah. 
Look, look, we need to free up Arn because we still need to get that dream match between Double A and 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 Daniel Tosh. <laughs> oh, Double uh, A has already said that ass beating's coming just when Tosh least expects there, it. There, there's some there's some receipts uh-huh. that that Arn has to cash in on Double <laughs> A. Uh, finally, I don't uh, legit. Finally. Uh, I don't know when when this is is going to happen. It hasn't been booked yet, but uh, we've alluded to it. Sammy Guevara. Speaking of receipts, there's some receipts oh. fixed to be cashed in. He's gonna get uh, a whole receipt book, baby. Jeez, cash register's gonna need a new roll of tape. <laughs> uh, that's a an awesome storyline and it would be awesome anyway if it was all just you know kayfabe but matt hardy and and and, and even worse was his, his wife's name's rebel right i get her and rebel or rebby rebby or reba <laughs> no, i know no, it's that's not the uh, same that, that's Dr. i know Britt it's a different Baker's woman uh, but there's these are women trying to keep up with their names in aew you got rebby hardy Rebby Hardy is who you're thinking. Rebby Hardy, you got Matt Hardy's wife, and then you got uh, Britt Baker's minion. Uh, <laughs> who, by the way, I enjoyed her match against Big Swole. And a lot of people pooing on that because, like, it was this quick match, and you had this, ooh, you get this one wrestler who's not even all the way like a full time. That, Dude, that's her first, character. She's she's not supposed to be a good wrestler. She's that good. She can can she can convincingly portray a bad wrestler. I'm not saying you know yes. she's freaking Becky Lynch or anything in the ring, but I mean at the same time, like she played her character very well. And uh, AEW hates women's wrestling. I have one segment. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Like it's no offense, but like the names on the roster are all hurt. Britt Baker's in a wheelchair. Half the roster uh, stuck overseas too. Let's not forget the other that. half. The roster stuck overseas. Like I'm sorry. Like and it, it's it's a meritocracy, dude. Like the the people who need to get the screen time or getting the screen time you know what it could be way worse do you want brandy Rhodes crammed down your throat every week because it could be brandy Rhodes crammed down your throat every week this is how we get yes. brandy Rhodes crammed down your throat every week sorry not to I'm go all glad they're not you. doing that and also based on some of the reviews from some of the matches they put up on youtube uh some of these people that are giving an opportunity in this tag team tournament aren't ready to be on dynamite and, and get torn apart by seven hundred fifty thousand people or excuse me 900,000 last week or whatever yeah they they won the but, demos rab <laughs> demos but no this feud between sammy guevara and matt hardy this is old school and it you know it reminds me of okay uh who who was it was was matt hardy involved in that too for real with uh lita and edge yep, and that was totally matt hardy and edge that matt, was matt hardy and lita were like an actual thing yep. and then edge and lita were actually a thing mm-hmm. backstage and then matt hardy got fired because he decided to go public with it and uh everybody's like hey you know what this is bullshit <laughs> and then uh matt hardy got brought back because uh the crowds was chanting matt hardy anytime edge came out and they traded <laughs> taters yeah, there are going to be some taters here soon when Matt Hardy gets to the, If you don't know what we're talking about. So Matt Hardy had this weird thing and 
Like, I can appreciate anything weird Matt Hardy does because he does it so well. He really does. And, look, we all know because there's, there's Damascus and then there's Stunt stunt Monkey Matt Hardy and there's <laughs> V1. version one and mm-hmm. there's Big Money Matt. And Matt was doing this weird broken Matt thing where he was all, you know, at any moment he could be any persona he's ever been, depending on the mood, uh, you know. And then he put out this video, and I think it was maybe like a work shoot where he's talking about, I might just need to be Matthew Hardy. And then he, you know, when he's uh, advising private party, he's just Matthew Hardy. And that's the the, the stronger than death, like real life can't die, I guess, Matthew Which Hardy. Which the Matt, Matt Hardy, Hardy edge thing, that's where stronger than death Matt Hardy came from. By the way, that's also a Black Label Society song where Matt got the title from. What's up, there Zach you go. Thank you. Thank you, Metal Nerd Landing. <laughs> we all have our strong points. And so Matt comes out and he's talking about, I just need to be Matt Hardy. And he talked about Sammy Guevara and Sammy Guevara sneaks up behind him and they get into a, they get into a schmoz and a table gets pulled out and Sammy throws a chair at Matt <sighs> while he's on the table and he threw what he threw the wrong chair. Yeah, that, a non-gimmicked chair, a actual legitimate chair that that fat asses sit in. And he not only that, he caught him with the edge of the non-gimmicked chair. He caught him with the bottom of it. Oh, like God. he caught him with the foot of the chair. Crimson mask, uh, the hard yeah. way. The hard way. And then he got put through a table after that because Matt Hardy's a professional. He finishes his segment. Mm-hmm. God, that's the, what you did back in the day. So the pictures of the aftermath. I mean, like Matt Hardy legit God. wants to beat the shit out of Sammy Guevara and Sammy Guevara is egging him on. And I, I know it's like Sammy's not dumb. Like he knows he's got a couple taters coming, but they're working this brilliantly because Sammy's putting out this, you know, kayfabe like trash talk and Matt's coming back. And again, it's like 60, 40, like work shoot that like Matt wants to like beat him up and like he does want to beat him up, but he's also stir- he's also doing a good job of stirring the pot to make the feud better. So like Bravo again, like the best thing that one of the best thing that's going on in AEW right now is whatever Matt Hardy's doing. Mm-hmm. And, and this is some old school heat and, to, and, and, and Matt wants to legit beat Sammy up and Sammy for to his credits, riding the rocket ship. Even though he's the whipping boy of AEW, he got run over by a horse in a golf cart already. <laughs> Not to mention being suspended, but uh, he kind of has to ride the rocket because he bought the ticket and buckled himself up in this instance. Yeah, you got to come take your whooping, son. You 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 ca- you cash to check your you wrote a check your butt can't cash. Well, Matt Hardy's definitely going to try and uh, cash that check. You're not going to try. Matt Hardy's going to Matt. Matt Hardy's going to whip his ass. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, Matt Hardy is going to beat the bejesus out of him. That has to happen at all out, right? Yeah, I think so. Matt Hardy was, what, apparently suspended? Medically suspended yeah, medically 10 days? Medically not cleared for 10 days, which just so happened to be uh, 10 days before their Saturday Dynamite. I would, I mean, I guess it's a possibility they would have that match at Dynamite. I would be sus- I would be surprised if they did have that match. I don't think, I mean, Tony Khan's not stupid. So I think that, I think that's coming at all out. I think the feud continues like Matt Hardy can get part of his 10 pounds of flesh that he wants to take out of 
Sammy Guevara's butt. And, and that doesn't need to be a match yet. That needs to be it all out. That needs to, like, absolutely boil over. Like, you need to build that up to Cody MJF levels. Mm-hmm. Because that is a blood feud, and then you put them, you put those two in a, in a cage, uh, at all out. Hmm. You bring back the AEW cage. I'd be down for that. And you let those two beat the crap out of one another. Because let us not forget, you cannot escape out of the door in the AEW cage. Yep, Matt would have. And I don't think you can crawl over the top either. I think it's pinfall or submission. I'd be down for that. Like you either you either do like a a cage match or like you do another lights out match. And like I know at all out there's a lot of matches that should be like the main event or whatever, but like at the end of the night if you're like hey these two are going to beat the crap out of one each, one another and it's going to be a hell of a match but we can't sanction it. I'd be down for that too cuz that's going to put some butt that's going to put some metaphorical butts and some metaphorical seats and the buy rate on that's going to be huge. I'd watch it. You can't just have a regular you can't just have a regular match uh for that to to No, not between those. It's got to be no. some sort of no DQ steel cage sort of something cuz I think both those guys would would absolutely shine in that cuz we know Matt's like unkillable Matt Hardy. And Sammy, Sammy's got got a, a high flying skill set too, so I think you need to give him the apparatus to show that off. Absolutely, the ceiling is so high for Sammy Guevara, and plus, like you said, Matt Hardy just continues to reinvent himself. I mean, I know everybody talks about how Chris Jericho is the goat, the champion. I mean, well, not so much uh, the champion on Matt's end, but and and rightfully so with Chris Jericho calling him a goat it's like i think you have to put Matt Hardy in that same conversation just with the way he's able to keep himself fresh all these years later and he can still damn go in the ring so i am absolutely looking forward to those two tangling and Sammy Guevara getting murdered which actually might happen it, it, Sammy Guevara might be on legit medical leave when all this is said <laughs> and done cuz Matt like Look, we can tell when something's a work, like that whole Pat McAfee, Adam Cole thing. Like, that's just, just work it as a wrestling angle, Bubba. We know y'all like, like dude, ma- we're radio people and you're a sports radio person. Like, and you, and we both like wrestling. You think this would be the feud that speaks to us. And I could not give two shits about this whole Pat He's McAfee, trying, like, Adam like Cole. Pat's stuff. trying to make it like too, working it like too hard, though. Like, we all. Like, I'm fine. Like, I think it's really smart. Use your radio show to build your feuds. But, like, to act like Adam Cole, an employee the WWE, would ever, ever go on a platform and intentionally disrespect somebody in a shoot fashion like that is just ridiculous. No kidding. Like, like, like I've had WWE superstars on my show on my day job, and he just knows so happens to be the mayor of Knox County, so maybe he wouldn't have done it anyway. But it's like, I asked, it's like, hey, uh, uh, my host wants to get a picture of you, like, fake choking me. Can you do that? Oh, no, no, sorry. We, we, we've been told we can't do that. Yeah, so like, come on. And you really think Adam Cole's going to go on a show and drop F-bombs and push around a producer just because? Come on, y'all. No, so... Uh, idiot. <laughs> I just, Sorry, I, I, did, I didn't mean to bring us down there at the end of the prod. No, no, it's all right. I just don't get it. Like, anyway, like, there's a... Di- Hashtag Adam Cole's deserves better. Yeah. 
And it could be that could be that could be so good. Like him and Pat McAfee and like the few like and using Pat's platforms because you know he, he's got all these different platforms and he's got a following and he's pretty his show's pretty good. But yeah, it is. Anyway, but I'll be honest, so. he's not a great wrestling heel. No. <laughs> By the way, Pat, this is me shooting on you, and I want to challenge you, brother, at Takeover Thirty One. <laughs> so while you have that, you may you may simultaneously be witnessing the death of Sammy Guevara. It just depends on, on when Tony Khan's going to turn the dog loose and let him eat. <laughs> if he's smart, he'll do it at all out. Yeah, make people pay to see Sammy Guevara get murdered. And Sammy Guevara at least is go like this is this is a shoot, y'all. Like he's gonna be he's gonna be hurt. After they have that match, it's like, not a full blown shoot, but I do think you're right. I, I do think this is like a 60 40 mix. Like, it's not a straight shoot. Like, they're working an angle, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, you can work an angle without, you know, calling somebody some of the stuff that Matt said. And he's like, you can tell he's not happy about no, it. No, no, there's definitely some hurt and, feelings and hurt foreheads. And he's an old school, he's an old school brother, so he gets to cash in receipts. Yep. And besides, so. like, Matt Hardy is one of the best tater throwers ever in the last 30 years. So, you know, he's just raring to go like throwing the state of Idaho at Sammy's face. Why does it make me giggle that you call like that, that? That's the wrestling term for when you actually like hit somebody back in like real life. It's a tater. <laughs> Why does it make me giggle? I don't know. Maybe it's the way I say it. Like, like uh, part of my East Tennessee, this comes out when I say tater. Tater. Yeah. <laughs> so to be fair, we are talking about the sweet science of professional wrestling. And Rab, we've been talking about the sweet science of professional wrestling for over an hour and a half. So how about we head to the dough and hit the people with some plugs? Hey, check me out. Uh, we got live sports back on WCDT. And knock on wood. Uh, got off the bench Monday through Friday. Uh, 11 to noon, Prep Football Insiders heard on WCDT as well as the TriStar Sports Radio Network and Thunder Radio in Manchester, uh, Tennessee, Columbia, Tennessee, those TriStar stations. Uh, every Friday night, 5 o'clock in Manchester, 6 o'clock here on WCDT in Winchester and Columbia, getting you set for your Friday night high school football. And you can check me out on Friday night high school football, calling Franklin County action every week. I'm on Twitter at Will, giving my thoughts 280 characters. Yep, that's what we're uh, up to. So. At a time. Mm -hmm. And uh, as of late, lately, I've had less of a, uh, a tolerance for people's crap. So it's getting real interesting <laughs> on Twitter because I'll just randomly decide to pick fights with people. And that's, that's saying something because you didn't have much tolerance for people's crap anyway. So uh, I look forward to see the taters I, you decide to throw on the twatter machine. Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Landoz, L-A-N-D-O-Z. That's where you can get the latest from me, 280 characters at a time. Uh, I also run a website, buttmunchchips.com. Uh, it's not been updated in over a year. So uh, just go give me them clicks for internet money. I guess i don't know i also appear on the monday morning monorail podcast uh that is a weekly podcast of the latest happenings and snappings that's not a word down at the house of the mouse walt disney world where the nba playoffs are going on currently in the bubble by the way denver leads utah 115 113 with 26 seconds left in the fourth quarter of game one um 
This game will be over by the time this podcast is edited and posted. Well, we don't know that, but that does feel like a pretty safe assumption. I also appear on The Phil Show on News Talk 98.7 WOKI, radio station locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee, streaming 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time worldwide at Newstalk987.com, also available in the iHeartRadio app in the Newstalk 987 app as well. So, Rab, any final thoughts before we head to the dough? Same thing it's been, be smart, be safe. In the words of Hangman, wash your damn hands and wear your damn mask. Yeah, what he said, and I'll reiterate it just so you hear it one more time. Wash your damn hands and wear your damn mask. So for the Will Rab, I am A-Landed Dome. Thank you for joining us on another edition of Near Fall Radio. You've been great. We've been Near Fall. Thank you very much. Them boys are good. Yeah, they're good. They're good. I mean, I'm still whoop their ass, but they're good.